You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy. You sound thrilled to be Gordy. <laughs> uh, you know, st- standard week. You got am, those am, holiday season blues. I am. I am regulation this week. There is regulation. No ex- there is no extra. No extra. <laughs> nothing. Just strictly by the book. Um, court court ordered. Actually, refs have reviewed the play. It is a regulation, Gordy. Yeah, there is absolutely no wiggle room for anything else. <laughs> right right now or they or they will take that goal off me <laughs> how's that uh cup treating you by the way cup yeah. uh it's, it's pretty good it's it's been i'm i'm always like psyched to see uh teams that don't haven't like historically done really well do well mm-hmm. and morocco is in the semifinals that's what i hear morocco farther... is devastating yeah, they have they have beaten three colonizing nations so far, and I'm hoping they're going to do it again on Wednesday. <laughs> the the only African team to ever get this far, which is like also I think good. Yeah, I, I am root, I am rooting for some non-white people to to do well. My, what an my, exciting feeling in soccer! <laughs> I know my sweet my sweet Croatian boys, my my many sons. Um, <laughs> I can say that because well actually they're they're fairly old. Th- those I think it's too late for me. <laughs> you think so? Uh, watching watching that that gang of kids we got playing for us yeah. before we got knocked out. They're all like 22, 23. I don't think I got time anymore. Can't show them what's for. <laughs> yeah, even if I start training really hard right now, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it for the next one that we are hosting. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can just turn up and be like, "Hi." Is there is there room? Not even for like a street game outside the stadium. Maybe I don't know. Be pretty <laughs> tired by then. Is there some sort of like cheerleader or lawnmower position that you could do instead? Um, yeah, coach. <laughs> I like this new job you've invented, Carmen. Accidentally. The cheerleader and lawnmower. Yeah, the cheerleading lawnmower. Look, my favorite part of the hockey game was when was it the Zabroni <laughs> thing? Zamboni. 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 That's it. Zamboni uh, fellow would go out on the ice and smooth it off. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Imagine if they were doing like flips and shit while on the Zamboni. Even better. That's a sport in and of itself. You might. You might as well combine the two. You're already using that time. You might as well get the crowd hyped. Yeah, like everyone's got to watch you drive the lawnmower in the middle of the World Cup game like they always do. <laughs> um, so you might as well. Also, uh, soccer, a, a sport famous for its cheerleaders. Yes. <laughs> especially on the international scene. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we do, so, so 
North America mm-hmm. is hosting in four years. And I think we've got a chance to like maybe spice it up a little bit. Show show the rest of the world some of that some of that special US heat. <laughs> and may, maybe it is cheerleaders and lawn mowing. People juggling McDonald's happy meals <laughs> for the entertainment of the masses. One for sure, like one of the stadiums we're gonna have to build is gonna be like the McDonald's arena. Yeah, what if we just shot full bags of McDonald's out of t shirt guns <laughs> into the um, stands? Are they wrapped or is it just like loose meat and bread and you you assemble based on what you just pick up it is the whole bag but it is going to explode like buckshot when it fires out of the (laughs) t-shirt can i I see so so probably you're gonna end up burgers are gonna go everywhere yeah you might get a fryer you might get slapped in the face with that greasy greasy burger paper (laughs) yeah i ate mcdonald's again recently because i was bad at planning and needed to eat a food before six hours of straight teaching. Um, and that Had was go. the place that was on the way after I zoned out during all of the other places on the way. I was like, ah, damn it. I just missed every fast food restaurant because I was thinking about a story. Um, <laughs> and either McDonald's has gotten worse or I have grown as a human past that. Because that sandwich was gross. Like, I couldn't even finish it. It's not... I mean, it's not known for being, like, great food or anything. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, Carmen, but which one do you feel is more likely? Oh, man. <laughs> I think. How it's... do you feel about your growth lately? <laughs> I think it's likely a combination of the two. Because, like, there's still a, a big raccoon part of my heart that enjoys eating crappy food out of a bag. <laughs> um... And that just never goes away. Yeah, it's like a core feature of the Carmen. Um, But I think my training has slipped somewhat because since Quick Trip decided that they didn't need to serve lattes anymore and instead they would do uh, a sad rendition of pulled pork sandwiches, I have not been eating the roller food very often. So my training has definitely slipped and I have become better at cooking ever since i made up a role play character of a cat that is a chef and now that cat lives in my head and helps me spice things Um, because you are a method actor yes (laughs) so my cooking has has legitimately no joke improved a lot since that (laughs) (laughs) but also like i don't know there there was always sort of a, a a thrill in the the garbage burger from mcdonald's um but this one like the meat's never been real meat or good meat. No. But there's there's been like a... Like when you're craving a McDonald's burger, you are craving that falsehood wrapped in bread and cheese. Um, but I think they have put more falsehood in there in the past couple of years. Yeah. This was very much just grease. Um, and there used to be some substance with the grease. I I did eat <clears throat> Wendy's this year once. I think that was the only time I've eaten fast food this year. Your, your lowest moment? It was not worth it. <laughs> I, mean, I still eat out of bags. I had a, a craving for Popeyes, which is a dangerous thing to have a craving for. 
really had a craving for popcorn shrimp and I didn't want to pay red lobster prices for it. Um, and it was nine o'clock at night. So have the sandwich wars reached an accord yet? I haven't kept up. Um, I think they have just like quietly decided to coexist in relative mediocrity across the board. Um, (laughs) Sounds like price fixing to me. (laughs) (laughs) But like Popeye's is always a dangerous experience. Because even though of the fast food places, it is the most set up to be extremely expedient because most of the food is already cooked in baskets, just waiting to be put in a box for a person. Um, It is still a minimum of a 30 minute wait at the drive through, regardless of how many people are there. And I rolled into this one and I was like stuck waiting by the doors and they still had an hour to closing, but they had already locked the interior. Uh, and every member of Popeye's, except for one fellow on the fryer in the back, had decided to take their dinner break at the same time, <laughs> at an hour to close, with seven cars just, like, parked in the in the drive through. You <laughs> like, know what that's called? A power move. <laughs> like, they were, they were laughing and joking and sitting and eating. One of them yeah, still sure had the drive through. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> One of them still had the drive through mic around their neck when they, like, sauntered back to the back of the restaurant as far away from the drive through window as it was physically possible to be and sat down to eat a full meal with their coworker. They, they found a way to exert power over the world while still on the clock. That's a, that's a fantastic feeling, I'm sure. Yeah, it's the only power you get as a an underpaid fast food employee for what I imagine it has to be a really terrible place to work because this is a problem across Popeyes which indicates to me a corporate level issue in their management (laughs) I can't imagine I can't imagine Popeyes is a good place to work I doubt it no so like I can't even be terribly mad at the employees but I am mad at the corporation for not incentivizing actual delivery of the food that they offer which is the only failing in the Popeye's model is that the food does not get to the customer (laughs) Gordy regarding the price fixing of the sandwich wars uh, the FTC is pretty busy right now with this Microsoft and Activision thing so it seems like a good time to get into some shenanigans while they're looking the other way yeah for sure (laughs) well how about a fairy tale I guess we could do that how uh, holiday spirity are you all feeling? I'm getting there. Uh, snow today, oh. so that helps. Nice. My family gathering this year. Uh, my mom is concocting a ugly Christmas sweater murder mystery that we're gonna take part in. Apparently. Wow. That sounds fun. So I had to purchase a shirt, a sweater. Um, and I was struggling to find one that I liked. Um, but then <laughs> the other night, uh, a miracle happened because uh, my partner and I were watching Casper's Haunted Christmas, which is a CGI animated Casper movie from the year 2000. Sure. Glorious. So uh, it holds up about as well as you would expect it to in the CGI department. It's a pretty good. Um, and it was uh, animated by the same studio that made Reboot in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to do some sleuthing online to find out more about it. And the second result for Casper's Haunted Christmas that came up on Google was uh, a 
somewhat sketchy looking Christmas t-shirt website mm-hmm. uh, that had a customizable, you know, the the type of place where you can just put an image on any kind of piece of clothing and then order it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that, but the, the image was, uh, it's just some Christmas cookies and then a logo saying, all I want to do is bake stuff and watch Casper's Haunted Christmas. <laughs> oh. So I did purchase a sweater with that on it, and hopefully it arrives. Uh, are, do you think you're the the only person in the world who owns that sweater? There was a baby onesie option, and I did contemplate getting two of them so that I wouldn't be alone. So you can match. Nice. force my new niece to wear it. I mean, that's the benefit that's... of babies, is that you can impose opinions upon them, and they do not <laughs> have, have the ability to... Um, if I have any say in it, Casper's Haunted Christmas will be her favorite movie. <laughs> this is this is really the time to to set those habits. <laughs> I mean, a baby is basically a billboard at this point. Yes, you can currently <laughs> you can put whatever opinions you want on a baby, and because they're cute, people will look at the baby and then look at the clothing because usually baby clothing is cute. But you can you can capitalize on that opportunity <laughs> well in the spirit of the holidays so that, does that answer your question yeah that, what, was, yeah, what that, was the question how holiday spirit are you feeling oh i see okay i i forgot how we got there <laughs> oh and tyler I, I may need to ask you at some point for a list of this year's recommended hallmark style holiday films i have some thank you i knew i knew you would can I can I give you one for free right now? Yeah, absolutely. We got the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Got nothing but time. <laughs> this is one that everyone needs to watch, I swear to God. All right. It is called Sappy Holidays. Good start. Uh, and it is called that because it takes place in Vermont on a maple syrup farm. Yeah. A failing maple syrup farm because of course it is. Of course. Is it it's oil a baron want movie. it? <laughs> No, it's just not selling very well, I guess. Where does this stream? Uh, We watched it on Amazon. The main character is a chef. Uh, She's trying to become the head chef of her restaurant in New York City. Of course, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, She has started dating a, I think it's, I honestly don't remember at this point. He might be, I think he was a doctor. Uh, He is some some educated individual. Some doctor lawyer. Yeah, some doctor lawyer man. Uh, They've been dating for only a couple of months, but uh, she realizes that he is going to propose to her at Christmas because she notices the engagement ring in his bag that he's packing because he's also planned a surprise trip to take her out of New York City to his family's in Vermont, Burlington, Vermont, that he didn't tell her about. He just arranged it like with her boss to give her vacation time. Mm. And then told her that you're going to my family's house to meet them. Is Bernie Sanders in this one? Uh, sadly, no. Mm. Uh, so she has to drive alone up to Vermont after he does. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't even yeah. spring for a plane ticket after? New York City to Vermont is not a long drive. Okay. No. Maybe six hours at most. Still. But she hit hits a snowbank and totals her car on the way. 
that's how it's written in the script anyway but how it is presented in the movie is that she kind of slides her right bumper into a snowdrift and like maybe the right tie the right front tire is in the snow that's it and she somehow has totaled her car and it won't go anywhere anymore stunt driving is expensive it is and that's that's what i had to imagine is like oh this movie does not have the money to accomplish what the script is calling for i'm sure there are ways around that where you can just like show her in the car like fighting the wheel and then you show after the thing where you have put some snow on a car no, also if you so. if you have ever seen wet hot american summer the comedy <laughs> movie Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a part of that where somebody is just driving along a road singing a song and then suddenly goes oh no and swerves off the road and hits a tree Uh but this movie does that but like serious it's it's meaning to be serious (laughs) i love it it's very funny uh so she is found on the side of the road by the guy who owns the maple syrup farm how many flannel oh you know it's flannel it's fucking vermont dude (laughs) (laughs) so through the contrivance of this movie, she has wound up in a place in Vermont where there are no hotels and the mechanic is closed and her car is not going to be fixed for weeks because he needs to order a part to fix her transmission that she somehow destroyed. Wow. So she has to stay with this stranger and his family at his maple syrup farm. I think a transmission failure would have been a... Because I've had my transmission fail on me. Yeah. And uh, that's scary as hell. And your car doesn't really go very well anymore. (laughs) Um, So that would be a a cleaner explanation for that. Yes. Uh, So because it's a Hallmark movie, she obviously falls in love with this man that she just meets. Yeah. Flannel beats suits in the rock, paper, scissors of Hallmark romance. The movie is uh, struggling to walk the tightrope it has invented for itself by saying like, she can't marry her boyfriend of a few months because they don't really know each other that well because it's only been a few months. But she can definitely fall in love with this man she just met on the side of the road. That's and those different. two those two ideas are not in contest with one another at all. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. I will see if I can manage a watch of this. Two final details about it that just made me laugh out loud. Uh, her boyfriend refuses to come and get her from the side of the road because he, his mom is apparently running for re-election for mayor at Christmas, which makes no fucking sense to me. Sure. Considering he, we have pretty consistent... Uh, elections? <laughs> in in not Christmas time in this country. Yeah. Um, so he, he calls to ask where she is and complains that she's not going to be there because his mom got reservations for brunch at the most exclusive restaurant in Burlington, Vermont, which made me pause the movie and laugh out loud. Which is what? <laughs> he doesn't say. She Cheesecake just says factory. it's the most exclusive restaurant. And I just had to shout out loud in Burlington, Vermont. Tyler, very good coats come from there. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely good coats. Extremely good brunch. (laughs) This town has coat money out the ass, Tyler. (laughs) Um, And I will spoil the solution for saving the farm in this movie. Because the chef lady decides, let's turn this farm into a bed and breakfast on Christmas Eve. 
meaning just on Christmas Eve or starting on Christmas Eve? No, starting on Christmas Eve. We're going to open on Christmas Eve. Oh, wait, are they going to... And that's like from a week from now. And Jesus comes there? I guess. (laughs) Because there's no room elsewhere. And instead of a barn, they're like, what about this cute B&B? No, instead she invites the, the top influencer from New York City to drive out to Vermont on Christmas Eve to stay at this random maple syrup bed and breakfast. Influencers and are that, always working. That saves the day. They gave up family and friends and plans to be influencers, so that's their only life now. So if you want to have a good time with a shitty holiday movie, please go watch Sappy Holidays wherever you can find it. Alright. Um, so that modern holiday folktale i will now follow up with one from norway we'll get this this holiday spirit running uh, with uh, the answer to a question that has plagued all of us for many years why the sea is salt why the sea is salt why the sea is salt oh can i guess sure yeah i have two guesses actually okay uh one it's tears two it's piss the two saltiest liquids, <laughs> or both. Just a yeah. I'm gonna a I'm gonna co-op piss. that and say that it is somebody sobbing because somebody else is pissing in the ocean. Uh, so this was suggested to us by Anne Kristen. So thank you, Anne Kristen. Thank you. And sourced from pit.edu, that glorious website. Um, this is an Amjornsen and Mo tale. Uh, from their book Popular Tales from the Norse, translated by George Webb Dacent in 1859. It's been a while since we've heard from our old friends. Yeah. Well, they're back, and they're going to answer this burning <laughs> question. The Statler and Waldorf of folk tales is back. <laughs> what does that make the Grimm brothers? I guess Bert and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that tracks. Well, we should reverse that, because Statler and Waldorf are actual brothers, aren't they? Are they? I thought they were related. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I gone, never thought they were. I've never not gone that deep into Muppet lore. My impression was that they were like a, a gay old couple who went to the movies together and had a great time. Maybe I, I'm just conflating the Christmas Carol lore. I thought they were just like old friends, where they are made brothers. But yeah, they they probably just buddies that go to the theater. Yeah, but <laughs> I. I've heard the theory that they're old friends in the sense that a lot of like in in the sense that Bert and Ernie are old friends yeah. also. Yeah, that they they are gay. They just can't they can't be out about it yet. All right. Uh, so why the sea is salt? Once upon a time, but just so you know, this is a long, long time ago. So specifically, so once just... upon a long, long time ago. Yeah, just say that. Once upon a long time. Uh, there were two brothers. Parentheses ago. One brother was... We got more brothers? Yeah, more brothers. So many brothers. God damn. Just brothers on on brothers on brothers. <laughs> um, these two brothers are divided by one being rich and one being poor. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like rich brother was oldest and therefore inherited all property and poor brother is just like, mm, good luck. No, this is probably meritocracy at work. Mm. I have to assume. Probably. Well, one Christmas Eve, the poor brother didn't have so much as a crumb in the house. So he goes over to Rich. You should probably go get a job then. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, poor brother. Eat your bootstraps. 
Then pull yourself up by them. <laughs> Use your mouth to pull yourself up. Uh, so then he went to his rich brother to ask him for something, anything, some kind of food to keep Christmas with. This was not the first time the rich brother had been forced to help the poor brother. That I don't know what in his mind conflates being asked to being forced, <laughs> but there you go. Um, and as you might imagine, he wasn't very glad to see him. But he said, look, if you do what I ask, I will give you a whole side of bacon. Oh, just the one? Yeah. That's a f- is, that en- is that enough? It's a fliver of bacon, was the word <laughs> in the story, which is a fun word. Um, it is. <laughs> but I figured like the side of bacon would be the easier thing to understand throughout this. Make sure I have that word right. Oh, flitch. Flitch of bacon. Flitch. Even better. Yeah. Um... It's a whole flitch of bacon. And the poor brother says, yes, I'll do anything. Thank you so much. Bacon's amazing. So the rich brother said, here's your flitch. Now go straight to hell. So some good Christmas spirit. <laughs> uh, the poor brother's like, well, words, words a word. Said I would do whatever. And here we go. So he takes the bacon and he sets off to find hell. <laughs> yeah, also, okay. Like... Obviously, this is a shitty thing to say to your brother, but you had the opportunity to actually get him to do something for you. Yeah, he could have, like, painted your shutters or something. Something more practical. Done the dishes, anything. Yeah. Anyway, I wish him well on this journey that we're partaking now. (laughs) Um, Just gotta find that Space Jam hole. I keep his name Is that where they went in Space Jam? Mm Mm-hmm forgot that movie takes place in hell well it's it's hell adjacent it's next door oh i see we have established this uh i kept the naming convention the same throughout this um calling him poor brother so that it's easier to keep track of because the story now switches him to the man with the flitch okay so you know we don't get names we just get what is your most current and immediate um current status and he goes from being poor to being the man with the flitch but i'm just gonna keep him as poor brother because it's easier to track um so poor brother walks the whole day and at dusk he comes to a place that has a very bright light and he says "Hmm, well maybe this is hell as good as reasoning as i would have come up with or maybe i'm just tired of walking so i hope this is hell (laughs) i sure hope this is hell good enough so the first thing he saw is an odd thought to have First thing he saw as he wandered that way was an old, old man with a long white beard who was hewing wood for the Christmas fire. Ah, Satan. Known Christmas celebrator. Good evening, said the poor brother. And the old man says, same to you. What are you doing out so late? And poor brother says, well, I'm, I'm going to hell. If I can just figure out the right way. So old man says, oh, well, you found it. It's here. Congratulations. <laughs> easy peasy the old man sadly shakes his head as he loads his shotgun (laughs) Uh, he points them to the door of the house from whence the bright light is coming he's like when you get inside they're gonna want to buy your bacon because meat is scarce in hell Um, but I would advise you not to sell it for anything less than the hand quern which is a, a quern is a hand mill for grinding grain behind the door when you come out, I'll teach you how to handle the quern, because it can grind about anything. So the poor man says... So he's delirious from hunger and is just having a fever dream now, right? Yeah, sure. 
on the side of the road somewhere. With his raw Maybe bacon a, in his hands. Yeah, just clutching raw bacon. <laughs> like Maybe 15 feet away from where his brother lives. <laughs> I'm going to hell, everybody. Yeah, you sure are. <laughs> this sure seems that way. <laughs> Buddy, good luck. Um, So, the poor man's like, oh, cool, thanks. Because, you know, this is a, a chill and normal exchange to have. And he knocks on the devil's door. And he's let in. And just as the old man had predicted but didn't tell us, it's full of devils, great and small, and they all swarmed him, trying to outbid each other for the bacon. Is this like a Reddit story? Because <laughs> <laughs> bacon's so good and everybody loves it. It's like that new thing with crab right. rangoons appearing everywhere. My My hot take is that bacon is fine. I'm now envisioning the conclusion to the Babe trilogy where he goes to hell and is a celebrity. <laughs> it's walking bacon, so much of it. Yeah, my hot take on bacon is that bacon is really, really good when it is used to uplift a dish. Like when you put bacon in something, that's awesome. But I, I do struggle to eat just bacon on its own. Yeah, I don't know. Like if it's, I was going to say if it's like with you know a big breakfast like the 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 legendary complete breakfast Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you go to like ihop and you get a big old platter and there's some bacon on there that's cool although i usually prefer sausage same yeah i tend to just avoid bacon one of my favorite easy dishes uh is roasting sweet potato and brussels sprouts underneath a bunch of bacon like where the bacon is cooking on top of it in the oven and then you put that in a bowl and put a fried egg on top. Super easy and delicious. And there's some vitamins hiding in there. We promise. Um, but these these Reddit devils really want this bacon. And the poor man says, oh, well, by rights, my, my old dame and I should have this for our Christmas dinner. But I guess since you really want it, I can sell it for that quern behind the door. Uh, at first, the, the devil would not hear of such a bargain. No, not my quern. Love my quern. And he haggled hard to try and get the bacon for anything else, but the poor man stuck... It grinds anything. Yeah, the poor... It could grind bacon, theoretically. Uh, <laughs> I want to try. Poor The poor man stuck to his guns, and at last the devil had to part with his quern. I think a consistent thing with this story is the misunderstanding of had to and forced. Yeah. <laughs> as concepts. Like if is this the, like a translation thing, maybe? I don't know. But if the price of, of bacon is thing that is precious to you, you don't have to buy the bacon just because you wanted it initially. Is it a reluctance mm. to accept responsibility for one's actions? Maybe. Does the devil have ADHD and is maybe a big impulse buyer? And like, this is just too much to, to resist? Just, like, that, ba- that bacon's gonna provide dopamine. <laughs> and anything is worth that. We'll think of the about the consequences later. Like the fact that the bacon will be gone very shortly after its acquisition. <laughs> we can't think about that right now. We just need it first. This is also how king logic works, so, you know. Uh, so the poor man went out into the yard with the quern and asked the woodcutter for a tutorial. Uh, receives it, we don't get to witness that. Uh, and then he thanked him and goes home as quick as he can. 
He made it home by the time the clock struck midnight, and his old dame was like, Where the hell have you been? I've been sitting here for hours without so much as two sticks to lay under the Christmas bros, which is some kind of oatmeal or porridge. Uh, so the man says, I, I appreciate that they, like, tack Christmas on. Like, we're gonna cut wood for Christmas fire. We're gonna heat the Christmas porridge. Like, because it is happening on this day, it is specifically the Christmas thing. Which is very Hallmark movie energy. So the man says, well, I had to go a long way, but check this shit out. Look what I got. Uh, so he puts the quern on the table, and he bade it to grind lights, then a tablecloth, then meat, then ale. And uh, so my understanding of grinding yeah. is that you put a thing into a thing, and then that thing makes that a lot of smaller pieces of the thing. You're right. Yeah, it sounds correct. Turns it into the, a dust version of that thing. Yeah, the way this grinder works is that it makes the grinding noise and then like prints out like a 3D printer um, anything you ask for. So he only had to speak the word and the quern ground out what he wanted. This is more like a video game crafting system then. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of combine random shit. You roll dice on a table to see what you get. Though I guess it's it's pretty... You, you get exactly what you want in this case. Yeah, you, you you go to the shop and you pick the the thing that you want and the animation's the exact same regardless of what <laughs> the, the thing you have ordered is. Whether you are cooking or building. Though, like, does he just innately have a sense of what the recipe would need to be then? Uh, he just has to ask it. He got the tutorial that we didn't get to see on how to operate the thing. But he asks after he puts something in, right? No, he doesn't put anything in. He just set it on the table and then it's like, make me lights. And then the grain oh, grinder oh, oh. did it. I misunderstood. I thought that you were saying that he was grinding those things up to then produce something else. No, that's what doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so it is, it's grinding reality yeah. and creating these things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, it is taking some like nearby matter, just like in the air. Yeah, if we were gonna retell this, like something over in the next village, like people are dying or losing <laughs> their their entire flock of chickens or something. Like matter is disappearing from somewhere in the world to turn into this stuff. It is a devil's quern, so like you would expect there to be some sort of monkey's paw. There is consequence somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so the old dame blessed her stars and asked him where he got it, and he wouldn't tell her. Because it's it's from hell, you shouldn't trust it. Yeah. Sure. So he had to grind out meat and drink and dainties to last them till the twelfth day of, of Christmas. And by the third day of it, he had all of his friends and kin over for a big feast. So this included Rich Brother, who saw all that was on the table and in the larder and grew immediately spiteful and wild because he couldn't bear his brother should have anything. Because, like, what's the point of being rich if other people aren't in destitution, right? Yeah, this guy has problems. So the poor brother wouldn't give him a straight answer on how any of this had happened, uh, except then he got really drunk later that evening and showed everybody how it worked. Oh. 
So his rich brother set his heart on having this thing, and he took it took a great deal of coaxing, but he finally achieved a bargain to pay three hundred dollars and um, wait until hay harvest to collect it, because the poor brother figured that he could grind out meat and drink to last for years in the time between now and hay harvest. I guess that makes sense. If <laughs> in a in a stupid person's head. <laughs> I could have this thing that makes whatever at any time, or I could have $300 and make a bunch of perishable goods. And then I'll be set. Hey, Harvest came, the rich brother came and got the quern, and the poor brother did not give him the tutorial because that had not been negotiated into the deal. And apparently there's something in the operation of this beyond just asking it to do a thing. But we don't we don't ever figure out, like, learn what the what the tutorial gave him as far as operational uh, information. But the rich brother took the quern home, set, sent his wife out to the hayfield to work with the other people while he got dinner ready, put the quern on the table, and told it to grind herrings and broth and grind them good and fast. So the quern began to grind herrings and broth until all the dishes were full, and then all the tubs were full, and then it was continuing on until the kitchen floor was quite covered in fish and broth. I'm just going to put in this Sorcerer's Apprentice music here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the man twisted and, and twirled at the quern to try and get it to stop, but it just kept grinding and the broth rose so high that it threatened to drown him. So he's in a full Straganona situation. <laughs> he threw open the kitchen door, ran into the parlor, but the quern also ground the parlor full of fish and broth as well. He had to risk his life to get a hold of the latch of the house door through the stream of broth that was coming out of the thing, managed to get it open, and ran off down the road with the stream of herrings and broth at his heels, roaring like a waterfall over the whole farm. Meanwhile, his wife's in the field is like, man, dinner's taking a long time. We should probably go check on him. He might be finding that it's hard work to boil the broth. And he might need my help, for he is a man-toddler who cannot manage a simple dinner. Uh, so she and the fieldmen wander homewards, but as they got up the hill a little way, they, they met herrings and broth and bread running and dashing and splashing together, and the master himself running before them for his life. As he passed them, he shouted, I would to heaven each of you had a hundred throats! Take care you're not drowned in the broth! Off he went like the evil one was at his heels, and by evil one, a drowning cascade of broth and fish, uh, and made it to the poor brother's house and begged him to take back the quern, because if it keeps going for another hour, the entire parish is going to be swallowed by herrings and broth. Uh, the poor brother sees an opportunity and extorts another $300 before he'll take it back. So now he has $600 and the quern, and he's able to set himself up in a much nicer farmhouse. He has also realized that the quern can be used for more than making food. So he used it to grind out so much gold that he could like make it into plates and put it as siding on the house. Just for fun. Yeah, why not? Purely decorative. Not even to like sell. Yeah, it's just, just to have a golden house, probably as a giant middle finger to the rich brother. So his farm lay by the seaside, and because of all the gold on it, it would glisten and gleam out over the sea, and um, sailors would see it and pull themselves ashore to see this rich man in this golden house and his awesome magical quern 
that apparently is just unthievable. Because <laughs> this guy's not being quiet about this thing. <laughs> Curb appeal, though. Uh, one day there was a skipper who wanted to see it. Is gold corrosive to humans? No, like in, or in salt. Can, can, yeah, can it be corroded by the salt at the sea? Uh, nope, it uh, never corrodes. Oh. Oh, all right. It's, one of the, it's, just, it's just squishy. It, it doesn't react with oxygen, so it never rests or corrodes. All right, mm. he's set then. It'll be a shiny house forever. Maybe that is a, a actual clever way to handle the ocean side property dilemma. <laughs> like for for us in the future with global warming. Yeah, yeah. Once we Sol- plating. Yeah, once we Solid master gold alchemy. Walls. <laughs> so the skipper asked if the thing could grind salt, and the man who owns the quern, because you know names wouldn't make it easier to track a person whose condition is changing throughout the story regularly. We don't don't need it. Yeah. The guy who is our main character. Uh, says, grind salt? I should just think it could. It can grind anything. So the skipper wanted it real bad. Not because it can grind anything, including gold and presumably gems and whatever. But because it can grind salt and he's real sick of taking these long journeys to get a lading of salt. This is a long road to this destination we're rapidly approaching now. So I'm just going to check. It is like, yeah, like you can see where you're going, but it is a little long switchback road. (laughs) Okay, so Skipper is a a captain, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I I wasn't sure like what the Skipper's role on a ship was. Seems kind of weird that a Skipper would be. But I had it in my head as that being a lower rank on the ship, so that makes more sense. You just gotta watch Gilligan's Island more. Yeah, I mostly watched it while feverish. Yeah, I was gonna say sick. Yeah. (laughs) Home from school. Yep. (laughs) That was when it came on. It was sick times television. So yeah, the skipper wants to not sail for salt anymore. So at first the, the man would not think of parting with it on account of why would you? It makes anything that you need. Um, it's a shame that no one ever tries like abstract concepts like happiness can it grind joy (laughs) can it grind contentment can it grind peace let's do salt instead yeah Um, but the skipper begged and prayed so hard that the man finally relented but charged many many thousands of dollars for it now luckily the skipper who sales for salt shipments has a lot of liquid capital on him and is able to purchase the quern and he runs off with it just in case the man changed his mind uh so he also did not get the tutorial (laughs) great uh he sailed off put the quern on his deck and instructed it to grind salt both good and fast and my guess is it's this both good and fast addendum to the the order that is is causing the problem yeah, there's some kind of programming error in the quern. And that's why we don't say that anymore. <laughs> uh, so the quern began to grind salt, and it poured out of it like water, and when the skipper had got the ship full, he wanted to stop it, but he had the same problem that the rich brother had. Cue the sorcerer's apprentice. Yep. 
So the salt keeps coming until it gets so heavy that... And it don't stop coming and it don't stop coming. It sinks the ship. Presumably everyone on board dies, and now the quern lies at the bottom of the sea, and it grinds away to this very day. <laughs> producing salt forevermore. And that's why the sea is salt. Um, okay, well, I was not right. No, it was neither <laughs> piss nor tears. It was a magical devil grinder. Of course. <laughs> set by a you were sailor pretty close. who was sick of, of uh, his trade. I feel like if we had more time, that would have been your third guess, Gordy. Yeah, I, th- I think I was going to get there. I mean, how, how many times have we said, be careful how you structure these things? <laughs> you really need to go over your commands and wishes with a fine-tooth comb. You need to debug your wishes. This is why humanity invented Grammarly. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Grammarly is... the wish. Maybe this is what that um, that chat bot, the new chat bot that people are talking about is for. Like, <laughs> write me an ironclad wish that no genie or magical stone or fairy could ever fuck up. <laughs> or court in the land. Yeah. Well, we gotta go find this thing now. I'm surprised nobody's tried. Yeah, someone get James Cameron on the phone. Isn't the, um, the Dead Sea, like incredibly salty uh that might be where it starts then i think it's it's one like one of the seas in sort of the middle east i can't remember if it's the dead sea or or what but it's like has such a high salt content that anything that dies there just kind of calcifies the red sea is the saltiest ah the other the other ed one it's either dead or red I picked one uh, although this okay so weather.gov says it's the red sea and vedantu.com says it's the dead sea well, well hmm, how much do we trust weather.com I was going to say salt isn't weather <laughs> yeah do they Is this? that's kind of outside of their expertise a little bit the Dead Sea is the deepest hypersaline body of water. Yeah, this uh, World Atlas has it as the Dead Sea. But the Dead Sea falls after several lakes and lagoons. So Don Juan so Pond in Antarctica has a 44% salinity. So maybe we start in some of these places. Yeah. I don't know how it would get from Norway to Antarctica. Yeah, it seems like a And a that's a trip. pond. That doesn't even count as the sea. That has its own own entirely different story to it. That one might be piss. That one is definitely piss. <laughs> that's yeah, that is just sailors sailors kind of going nuts over the side of the boat. Uh, the Dead Sea is also technically a salt lake. So maybe is that's it? why. And then the Red Sea is in the Mediterranean. It is a sea. But it is only slightly saltier than the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans. Are we sure it's not the Pacific Ocean? <laughs> For the sake of my argument. Asking the real questions now. This holiday season. So did this uh, help improve your crimble spirit? Did that have anything to do with Christmas? <laughs> it was set on Christmas Eve, initially. Oh, I sort of forgot about that part. Not really. <laughs> it's kind of like gift giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except the gifts come from the devil. 
I need more of a thematic tie-in than just it takes place on Christmas Eve. That does not a, a Christmas story make. I'll try and do better on that next time. But uh, let's talk this story specifically. Um, mm-hmm. First off, why? <laughs> why? As always. <laughs> why Why are we talking about this story at all? Yeah, why, why this story be? Like, presumably, it's trying to answer the why the sea is salt question. That is yeah. that is the premise of it. And that is the ending of the tale. Um, right. And even, like, usually in the most outlandish of these types of stories, there's some semblance of logic to it. Yeah, or, like, lesson or something being attached to it. Is Is there a lesson here, though? I don't I think the lesson is to don't skip the tutorial. <laughs> Which seems yeah, I'm, I'm, like an odd lesson for the time. I'm struggling to see why you start at the question, why is the sea salty? And you end at well a, a grinder that grinds nothing into salt just fell into the ocean. But to get there you also take this long meandering path. Involving a rich brother and a poor brother and hell and a skipper. It, it was trying to say something about greed, but got bored and gave up. It, yeah, it really did kind of <laughs> kind of give up in the middle. Because there was a lot of setup for the rich brother, poor brother, like antics Dichotomy. that could have happened. Yeah. Or, or a greed situation would have probably been good, given that setup. Like the... The rich brother just wanted more and more. Yeah, of a seems thing. like seems like an easy reach. Um, like they wouldn't even have to change much of the story; they could just add that in as like one line. I kind of thought the broth and the herrings, both being fairly salty things, were going to like fill the ocean, and that's why there's a lot of salt there because of fish, fish and broth. Yeah, but the brother side quest was just like pointless because the brother didn't learn anything like rich brother didn't learn a damn thing other than that he did not have the owner's manual for this thing and poor brother sure as hell didn't learn anything no and the skipper just drowned yeah no lessons there other than wear your life jacket and i guess do your work without complaining i don't know Wear your life jacket when you wish for infinite salt. It's like implied, though, I think. Yeah. In in most stories. I think to fix this one, taking a monkey's paw approach to the quern. Like, there is, there is cost to this. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately to fix this one, you'd have to leave out the whole why is the sea salty at all, because this is the poor explanation and <laughs> doesn't help anything. But if, if you... If the uh, the brief for the project included it must explain salty sea, maybe having the cost of this thing contribute salt to the water, like maybe the ocean was a lot of like potable drinking water, which is very important to have, and maybe there was like an island of salt or something, uh, and that was what was being taken away. Like, the two precious things were being destroyed slowly to fulfill all of these other wishes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's still kind of a shitty explanation, but it at least would have some kind of consequence to action. Consequence related to the action. Yeah. And would also, like, the sea being salt would be a problem. You'd lose a lot of, of potable drinking water that you previously had. It's, it's something. It's interesting to envision this in a world where the sea was not salty to the point of human sentience. Like that's a that's a lot of the history of this planet where the sea had no salt in it. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly did. Yeah, a lot of things would be dead. <laughs> there would be a ton of consequences. Yeah, isn't isn't salt like a pretty vital component of life? <laughs> well, the the sailor has to go get a salt shipment from somewhere, so that implies that there is salt coming from someplace, mm-hmm. just not the ocean. And like what there's is... like rocks yeah there are other ways to get salt um there's ways to get it out of bog water and stuff too i i I mean going all the like obviously they weren't thinking about this when this story was initially conceived but like going back to things crawling out of the ocean onto land for the first time wasn't salt vital to their existence in the ocean yeah i mean in real world for sure (laughs) But if if we're going in story world, <laughs> where we ignore all of that, yes, yeah, there's still a lot of consequences to suddenly all all not salt water is now salt water. Just like yeah, biologically, ecologically, economically. I don't know. I feel like the story could probably be better if it, I, like, it either needs to lean into the rich brother, poor brother aspect and say something about that, or it needs to mm-hmm. lean into the devil quern salt consequence and say anything about that. But it doesn't do either. It just kind of, like, it throws a lot of stuff down and doesn't say anything about any of it. And then it's like, that's why the sea is salt. Bye. <laughs> Have a good one. Merry Christmas. We put we put a lot of Christmas words in here to sell this story, <laughs> and like sappy holidays had nothing to say about it. In the end, like even both Sorcerer's Apprentice and the Straganona tale were about people like trying to jump the gun and and move into responsibilities they were not yet prepared for. But also take a shortcut to do a task. Right. And the consequences of that. This one has no consequences to anything. It's just stuff happens. <laughs> stuff happens and now a man is dead in the sea of salties. <laughs> I hope you're happy. A man died to put salt in the ocean. And I guess his part is the closest to a Sorcerer's Apprentice or Strigonona situation because he wanted to shortcut the whole trading for salt thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but still, just just do that. Just cut to that part. <laughs> That's two half stories, and neither of them matter. Merry Christmas, I guess, <laughs> or whatever holidays you want to celebrate. You could you could trade out Christmas with literally any holiday, and this would be fine. <laughs> Is there one that you'd prefer? It's like Arbor one Day, has, one that has like kind of better vibes. Yeah, Arbor Day feels good. Yeah. That's all that's all about like nature and stuff. Celebrating the McRib Day. <laughs> Guess get a corporate tie-in. Yeah. Well, 
I hope that this has answered all of your burning curiosity. Uh, thank you to Anne Kristen for this story. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening to this tale and for spreading the podcast around. Thanks, Jorgen and Mo, for another banger. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you to our patrons for sponsoring the show and keeping us going. And thank you to our top tier patrons Five Headed Snake God, Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Biblio Princess, Aerius, Midori, Becca, Lobster No Longer, The New and Improved Haley, Kid Chaos, Busting Onto the Scene, Breaking It Down, Sexual Style, Cobbler's Got a Cobble, <laughs> Awkward, Project Bird Fall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetti Crump You. I will never get this one. <laughs> Spaghetti Crump with You, Sweetie Pie. Caitlin, Danielle, a brief rush of holiday spirit before returning to my usual grumpy self. Your girl, Olwen, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Versus, to Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pyrus, Jessica, Nathan the Scott, Millipedish. What the folklore is based on the life of Dave, only the details and events have been altered. Hi, Listus of Limbus, Tennis Killed the Dinosaurs, Haley Prime, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Izzy, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore. That's how it works. Happily ever after. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.